The podcast, which is known as the Crancast, is the podcast which you are listening to. The one known as Sergio and the one known as Jeff have been replaced and will no longer be podcasting from this place. In its place will be replaced with what is known as the Crancast. Hey everybody! Welcome back. Uh, it's it's the Shellheads podcast. We've been gone for a minute. It's been a while. It has. It has. Uh, I I am still your host, uh, Sergio, and I, I'm I'm still here with with the other host, Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? Hello. It's going rather well, Sergio. How about for you? Uh, fantastic. I've got a little little sinus drainage, so if my voice is extra sexy this episode. That's You're a welcome. treat for our little female listeners. Yeah, uh, that's and that's why we are skyping it up this week, uh, is because I know how Jeff is around sicknesses or or the or 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 the the seeming like if someone seems like they're sick, Jeff kind of uh, freezes up. Do you blame me? I kinda. Hey, come on. Because I don't. But well, maybe that's why I'm sick and you're not. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's a very good observation there, champ. <laughs> so, Jeff, like the last the last episode to hit our feed was technically the Comic-Con panel. Yes. The the the, the Mississippi Comic-Con panel. We're not important enough to be speaking at in, in San, San Diego or anything. But uh, did how how do you think it went? It went rather well. Um, had a couple of hiccups, but <laughs> you know, I won't go into that. Um, yeah, yeah, we don't have to go into to the de- details of of why we were basically jogging to get there on time. Yeah, uh, we do want to give a, a shout out to our our, our good friend Jamal for uh, giving us a hand uh, with that. Jamal's the real hero of of, of Comic Con. He, he is absolutely. He is the MVP. Um, when we got to the panel room, like there were people in there. I thought, oh, they're already doing a panel. And then we went to another room, and they were like, "Are you looking for you know another panel room?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, uh, the other one." I was like, "Okay." And we go back, and they're like, "Where are all these people doing here?" They're, oh, wait, they're for us. Yeah, there was a room full of people waiting to listen to us talk about Ninja Turtles. Which, I, I just, you know, I was shocked. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was very, very surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we get there, and we, you know, we're just kind of, you know, didn't have time to set up or whatever, which is fine. It's fine. Um, but we immediately <laughs> just jumped into our, you know, our conversation. Um, and then uh, Ken Scott uh, crashed uh, our panel, um, which, you know, he's a stunt guy um, for Raphael uh, in uh, Turtles 2. Um, and uh, he was also in Turtles 1 as the uh, – when Mikey uh, challenges the foot soldier – like, oh, a fellow Chucker, eh? 
he's the guy uh, that does he, the uh, the nunchuck the fellow stuff. chucker. The fellow chucker, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and and when I was listening back to the to the uh, panel, luckily we you can pretty much hear everything he says in in the panel. There are sections of of the recording that just they're bad, but. You know, I did post it to the feed for prosperity. Anyone who wants to hear it, uh, it's it's the episode before this. So, uh, what else you got about the panel? Well, Ken Scott was not the only turtle uh, person there. The lovely and ageless Judith April O'Neil Hogue was there. April O'Neil Hogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I got to meet her. Uh, there was like hardly anybody around at the time when I was going through. Um, and she's been one of my crushes since I was a kid. I, I kind of hate that I wasn't there when you met her because <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I could feel you blush from across the entire convention center. I, I did like, I was already composed and stuff. Like I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then um, I just got to talking to her and telling her about, you know, how I'm here, you know, with uh, Shellheads. We're a, a Ninja Turtles podcast. We're almost up to 70 episodes. We had a panel, stuff like that. And then I got on. I was like, it's like, how how is it that you've not, you know, aged? you barely aged and that you still look like you're in your 30s? And then she told me she loved me. And then I just lost it. I was like, I've lost my composure. <laughs> <laughs> And just looked at me with this just beautiful smile in those eyes. It just it it melted me. I was already hot because of the heat, but that didn't that didn't help. But she was such a sweetheart, and I invited her to uh, join us on the podcast. And I'll have to follow up with that. I'm gonna hold you to that. Yes, yes. So I, I'm I'm really glad that went well for you. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm 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 not a, a meat person in per in person person. Right. Meet person in person person. That, that's a thing. That's a that's a sentence that works. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I saw her from afar. I was like, oh, look, April's over there. But other than that, I'm not. Yeah. That's just not who I am. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm really glad that went well. Uh, and and, and, a, and a photo with her and everything. Yeah. The, 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 you need to shoot that over to me and we can put it on the, the uh, Instagram. I do. I do. I will. Uh, and the Mississippi Comic Con seems to be like it's so big now that it's getting overwhelming to even go to. And yeah, and they're in you know the new convention center space, and it's already like ginormous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know if any changes need to happen for next year, but it was a big deal. Oh yeah, a big you know, big big deal. A year and a half of nothing. Yeah, you know, because they had to cancel last year because we were all upset, you know. But we, you yeah. know, we understood. Um, so, 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 thank you to to all the, everyone over at the Mississippi Comic Con for for giving us a you know a, a little stage to have our little show on and uh, and 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 for allowing us to get in and and, and experience everything in the Mississippi comic con. Sure. There were hiccups, but ultimately it's a positive experience uh, because we got to see a bunch of turtles fans and talk to them face to face and give out prizes and stuff. So yeah, it was great. Uh, 
uh, let's let's get on let's get on with the show. We have a lot to talk about. We like we have a huge chunk of uh, episodes we got to run through, uh, and 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 we have a whole boatload of news. It's a beefy baby this week, he, folks. At, at the beginning of the of, of these episodes, what what is our typical um? What do we do first? Uh, what's in Sergio's box? Well, we're not going to do that this week. Let's just skip straight to news because there's there might have been stuff in Sergio's box because it's been like two and a half weeks or three weeks, but we don't have time for it. Let's just go straight to news. It is time for the news. Fantastic. Yes. Thank you, Krang. It's time for the news. Uh, Jeff, what is our first news topic? Uh, Well, Funko has announced um, we are getting TMNT2, Secret of the Ooze, Funko Pops. Uh, Of course, we're getting Leo, Mike, Don, and Raph, Toka, Razor, and two Super Shredders. Technically three Super Shredders, if we want to be completely technical and kind of a jerk about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're getting the regular Super Shredder, the, I guess, the metallic Super Shredder, and then the glow-in-the-dark Super Shredder. Yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, the glow-in-the-dark will be exclusive to the Funko store. Mm-hmm. So you're never going to get your hands on that one. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Because, like... From what I understand, they're very bad at letting people know when things are going on sale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. But uh, the Metallic Super Shredder will be available at Target. And Target has been pretty good about their availability of these Target-exclusive Funkos. So uh, I would just check the shelves there. Chances are it'll be on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, these, these, these Toka and Razar are adorable. They really are. They look great. Um, the, uh, and the turtles themselves, you've got Leo with the, uh, ooze canister about ready to throw it. Donatello is in his like, you know, toy store statue pose. Mikey has the nom noms. Uh, donut donuts. Yep. Yep. And, uh, Raphael is about ready to fight. Um, in in a, a nice fighting pose, like he's in the junkyard uh, fighting the foot. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I really like that they went the extra mile and made them pose, like like them specific poses from the movie. Yeah, I do too. Instead of just kind of like you know being a carbon, well, they wouldn't have done a carbon copy, but you know they made them different enough. My only beef is the green is a little too light. It could have been a little darker. Well, these are also artist renderings of them. True. Uh, they they may end up being darker when they actually hit that plastic, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really have – considering how much I don't like The Secret of the Ooze, these yeah. overperform. They're, they're, they're outdoing their need here. Right. Um, I, th- I think the only glaring omission is, where's Vanilla Ice, bro? What's up with that? We get three Super Shredders, but no Vanilla Ice. Or April, or Professor Perry. That's true. That's true. This this would this would have been a Paige Turco uh, April. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. But I, I, I'm just I'm not surprised that these exist. I'm surprised that they are coming out so quickly after the last set. I am, too. And I want to tell you something right now for if when we get Turtles three, they better be, all be in the honor guard outfits. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to happen. Yeah, the, the, this kind of guarantees that's going to happen. Let's keep it moving. We got a lot of news. What's next? Next up is the NECA uh, 1987 uh, Turtles line. Uh, they have announced Chrome Dome. Giant Chrome Dome. Freaking Shredder-looking Terrorbot. So we knew Chrome Dome was coming. I think, I think like, pictures of it had leaked or something. This is like the... Uh, Funko... Not Funko. Uh, NECA finally released their, you know their uh, promo images of him and he's a tall dude. He is. He looks fan freaking tastic. He's a whopping 10 inches tall. Yeah, he is an ultimate figure. Um, I, what's the price on that? Is it 30, 30 bucks? Uh, about 39. He's going to be a $40 figure. Yep. Whoa. Whoa, sir. Whoa, uh, dude. I've loved Chrome Dome. He's like one of my favorites. Um, he, he will also be in the, uh, I believe the Shredder, Shredder's Revenge game, uh, coming out. Yeah. Uh, I dig Chrome Dome. Like he's clearly a, like a Terminator ripoff, but that's fine. Oh it was, yeah. It was the eighties. Um, I recently purchased the Chrome Dome, the, like the original Chrome Dome figure. Ooh, nice. So it, it'll be cool to be like, look, I've got them both. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Uh, of course, this is going to be a Target exclusive unless they do some sort of pre-ordering on the NECA website. Yeah, I definitely want one of these because you know how crazy I am for robots and just, you yeah. know, androids and whatever, what have you. Anything with, you know, artificial intelligence. <laughs> well, uh, again, we have bunches of news. Let's roll directly into more NECA stuff because I know we have some in there. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. The uh, Comic-Con exclusives? Um, pre-orders? Uh, I wouldn't... They're, they're not Comic-Con exclusives. They're Comic-Con themed pre-orders, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, just to celebrate Comic-Con. I'll take this one. They're, okay. they're actually... Uh, as of today, as of this morning... Uh, you can log on to the NECA store uh, on their website and purchase or, or pre-order the Turtles in Disguise 4-pack and the first set of the Punk Frogs. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, the, the, the Punk Frogs are, they're pretty available. Like, they're, I've seen pictures of them kind of filling up shelves, so maybe they might have uh, overestimated the need for <laughs> the Punk Frogs. Hmm. But you know, I have no complaints. I'd rather they're I'd rather they be collecting dust on shelves than hard, hard to find. Yes. Uh, but if you log on right now, uh, you can pre-order them for the next two weeks. Uh, they probably won't ship for quite some time. Um, they're doing a pre-order for both American uh, purchasers and international purchasers. The Turtles in Disguise will run you one hundred and twenty-four ninety-nine. And the Punk Frogs will run you fifty one ninety nine. Uh, both of those are the same prices that you would find them at Target if you find them at Target. And of course, plus shipping. Uh, 
they do not they are not labeled with a shipping date. Correct. Which is not cool, but no. Everything I've ordered from NECA has come eventually. Uh, since this stuff is kind of made to order, uh, I understand that people who pre-ordered Bebop and Rocksteady last year are just now receiving them, and it's mm-hmm. been a calendar year. But, again, as long as they send you what you paid for, and they don't lie and say, oh, it'll be there by Tuesday, like, you're fine. They're fine. Right. I'll give you time as long as it's not expensive, and so far they've they've come through. Oh, yeah. Um, we have more NECA news, don't we? We do. Okay. The Napoleon and Attila Frog two packs, um, have, uh, been announced and that's looking like about around August. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I I wish I was more familiar with the, 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 the punk frogs. Like I know all of their names. But yeah. if you were to put one in front of me, I couldn't be like, oh, that's Napoleon or, oh, that's Genghis. Just because right. they're not used enough to really, you know. They really yeah. weren't. Because uh, um, they were like in a handful of episodes. Yeah, yeah. And and then then later in, you know, other iterations, they were completely different. They looked completely different, had different characteristics. So it's, it's hard to really line all that stuff up. Um, yeah. The reason I say that is because the, the 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 last two or three targets I've been in, they had Genghis and uh you know the the first the first pair, and I was like oh snap, thinking that it was the second pair, yeah, and then it wasn't, and I was like ah, it's like I had to pull out my phone and do the research every single time because I kept forgetting that I already owned the Genghis set, right? Because I'm an idiot, but well, no, not I mean, yet, that's fine. Again, in your defense. You're not too familiar with them, so they can be confusing. Yeah, yeah, but uh, at, at at the rate that the first set is sitting on shelves, it's very possible that when Napoleon and Attila uh, hit hit stores, they may be sitting right next to them. Who knows? That would be great because people need to find the stuff that want it. Yeah. Um. We still have one more NECA news, don't we? we have, well, we have one more piece and then one possible piece. Okay, okay. Then let's go maybe, with the, the, the actual news it's... then. Uh, Nickelodeon has announced a Nick All-Star Brawl Smash Brothers type game with a lot of their flagship characters and two of which are Ninja Turtles. So, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> few things here there's a there's a lot to unpack the turtles have been in this kind of game before yeah the turtles have had their own brawl style game before mm-hmm. uh what, what was it called tmnt smash up yep came out like 20 to 2009 or something like that uh pr- prior to that there was mutant melee which was like a brawl style uh fighting game as well this one I feel like is going to be more in line with like the cart racers that Nickelodeon has done the past few years. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very hesitant to be like, Oh, a new turtles game. It's like, eh, not really. Um, yeah. And that 
My assumption is they haven't announced the entire roster. Yeah, because all we saw was uh, Michelangelo and Leonardo. Right. And um, do you really think they're going to release a, a, a Nickelodeon fighting game without all four turtles? That would be really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping for Shredder and Android Krang, you know, or Mecha, Maybe. whatever body. Um, Bebop Rock City, that'd be nice. No, what, what what I hope is they release the four turtles, and that's it. And then they look at all of the online analytics, because of course there's going to be. Uh, and, the, and they're going to see, oh, 75% of the time when people are playing this game, they're playing as the turtles. Yeah. Hmm, we should probably make a turtles game like this. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping the analytics point towards the turtles being popular. I do too. I mean, it like you said, it looks like standard fare. Am I gonna buy it? Yes. Because <laughs> it just <laughs> like it looks like dumb fun. If I can beat up some Nickelodeon characters with Michelangelo, and it should be noted that they look like the '87 Turtles, um, which lines and- up. With the uh, Brawlhalla versions, that that should be illegal. Like, sure, Nickelodeon, I get it. You own the turtles and you own all of the turtles, but those original turtles were not on Nickelodeon, and they never were. Right. It just it should have been like the the uh, 2012 turtles. It should have. Or Rise. Or yeah, piss everyone off and and put Rise in there. Yeah. That would have been fun. Yeah. Uh, looking at the uh, the actual character list here, like there there's some there's some cool ones, like yeah. uh, Powdered Toast Man. Dude, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> like that's a that's a that's a real throwback. Um, oh, yeah. Let's see, Sandy Cheeks, Patrick Starr, both from SpongeBob. Oblina from All Real Monsters. That's cool. Zim from Invader Zim. Yeah, Reptar. From Rugrats, that's that's gonna be great. Like there's there's some real weird nuggets on here. Like there's yeah. not an there's not a Rugrat on this list, but there is Reptar from Rugrats. Yeah. You know, like Arnold from Hey Arnold is not on this list, but Helga is. So this makes me think that there's still a lot of people to announce. Yeah. Like I'm legit not happy with how Danny Phantom looks. He looks like garbage. They could have made him look so much better because like, I'm a big Danny Phantom fan. So I'm a little disappointed with that. Well, but maybe this is not final. You know, we'll see. It's it's this is such a weird, such a weird thing. But yeah, hey, was, I'm, I'm there I'm, for it. I'm here. For I'm it. all for And we get to see a, uh, they fight on. There's a Technodrome stage, too. That's cool. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be getting that stupid game. All right. Yeah. And you said we had kind of news. What? Um, so the uh, the official Turtles social media posted an image um, featuring the Turtles and Zordon in the background. So maybe a, a, a Power Rangers crossover part two. It was extremely vague. There was nothing except for that. So and you and I had discovered that they had posted something from like over what a year ago again. And so I'm like, maybe they're just retreading and not remembering stuff that they're posted. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like they, they posted about hot sauce the other day, and they had 
it was the same thing that they posted like four years ago. So I, I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. Four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like it was like three or four years ago. And mm-hmm. I, the, they have not responded to any of the people asking what exactly is this. But they, when we finished – when we recorded our Power Rangers episode, uh, didn't I say that we're getting more of this? Like I called it. Like we're going to get more of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and – it would not surprise me if that's announced at what is like Comic Cons this week, right? I believe so. Like the the virtual Comic Con or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, IDW replied to that tweet with "Let's go," so that tells me that it's not old news. This is actually new news. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I don't see anything else official with this on on this uh this thread i'm sure we'll know by the by the time we record again so yeah and well we do have a like a a comic con you know turtles NECA announcement video thing coming yes yeah and and this is the other NECA news i thought you were going to talk about um they're they're having a turtle power panel thing at comic con it's um september no july 19th 2021 so what's that next monday mm-hmm. uh, next monday at uh one o'clock one o'clock eastern time uh I, I don't know how to watch that there's a little youtube logo next to it so maybe it's gonna be on youtube i don't know but uh, it's gonna be with the tmnt brand manager trevor zamet watch mm-hmm. your mouth sergio <laughs> and the the four topics here are unmasking new figures colossal reveals Exclusives special report and the future of TMNT. Hmm. So uh, since we're out of news topics, do you want to put your speculation hat on there for, for, for a second there, Jeff? Well, we do have one more. We do we, have, we have more, more news. We have more news. Then, then it can wait. Let's speculate on this. Okay. Exclusive special report is one of two things. It's either here's a bunch of exclusives that you haven't seen before. But how is that different from unmasking new figures? Right. Okay. The oh, or, or it could mean that exclusives are no longer a thing, and the ones that have been coming to Target are also coming everywhere else. That would be great. But also unmasking uh, could be in reference to uh, Casey Jones. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we again, that's that's not I mean, a secret. It's not. It's not, but, you know, I want to see figures that we have no idea of what they are. Like, I want I want them to reveal the secret of the ooze turtles. Yeah. You know, stuff that they haven't actually said is coming. Uh, I I think the 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 overarching theory is that this is where the turtle van is going to be showed. Ooh. yeah, yeah, That, that would be very nice. I would definitely spring for that. Uh, and the, the the other the other bullet point here that's very um, interesting is the future of the TMNT. What does that mean? Does that mean that they have licensed other versions of the turtles? That would be cool. Like, are we going to see 2K3 stuff from NECA? Are we going to see more like a continuation of Mirage? Right. Are are, are yeah? Are they are they dipping their toes back in the Mirage uh, pool? Like, what does the future of TMNT mean? 
it's it's anybody's guess. Yeah. Yeah. Now colossal announcement, I would be like, we getting a giant Krang figure. I was like, I, I want you a giant know. Android body Krang. You know, you know that's that's possible. That yeah. is very possible. Okay, that's, I think that's enough speculation. Uh, we will we will have more news on this next time we talk. So, yeah. Set your browsers to YouTube. Uh, that of course uh, it'll be all in in the show notes. Uh, all the you know a link to this stuff. Uh, what's our last piece of news then? Um, the original uh, Mirage uh, location where Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird uh, did everything for that first chunk uh, out of. Uh, of course, they, they tore the house down a um, uh, long time ago. Uh, they are dedicating uh, the and, and marking the location with a special manhole cover in front of the property yeah okay yeah I've, i don't know why i forgot this news <laughs> it come through it's been so long since we've talked jeff um it, it has but this is why i take notes <laughs> and this is why i trust you to take notes yeah i th- this this is so cool because you know I, i'm one of those guys that when you're like walking through town and you see one of those dumb old signs it's like here stood a famous church in 1922 you know I read those stupid things, right? And usually none of them are that interesting or special. They're they're just historical markers, you know. This being a manhole cover in front of the Mirage Studios is apropos. It's it's perfect. It's completely perfect. Yeah. It it makes me want to visit Dover. What was it? Dover, New Hampshire. Dover, New Hampshire. Uh, and finally, we've come to the end of news. That's a lot. It is. It is. It is. But we, we covered it in a reasonable amount of time. We did. Uh, we, we have to leave plenty of time to cover our, our main topic. So uh, before we get to that, let's take a quick break. Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and cocktail. Hey, everybody. It's Sergio from Reality Breached. Our team is excited to share with you our newest podcast and limited series, Debriefing and Cocktails, our official 007 podcast. From tropes to theme songs, we break down every single James Bond film, culminating with the long-awaited new movie, No Time to Die. Subscribe to Debriefing and Cocktails today via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. Visit realitybreached.com for more details. The beings that are known as Krang are back from the break that they had taken. We can go with that one. We'll roll with that one. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently we're back, Jeff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's our main topic today? Uh, we are covering the second part of uh, season two of the 2012 TMNT CGI animated series. That was a mouthful, but that's exactly what we're what we're covering today. And well, it's a beefy baby. It was, it, it was, and 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 I promised Jeff that this was the last time that we're gonna watch such a large chunk of episodes, specifically in like the two K three run or the Nickelodeon run or even the Rise run, because we 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 kind of want these episodes to to breathe a little bit more. I wanted I wanted to do the second 
chunk of season two, uh, the same way we did the, the chunks of season one and two of 2K3 and season one and the beginning of season two for the Nickelodeon show, just for consistency's sake. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if any of that made sense outside of my brain, but here we are. That sounded good to me. Uh, we have about 11 episodes that we're going over. Is it 11? I think it's 11. That was 12. Was it 12? Yeah, it was 12. Today, Jeff, we're talking about episodes 15 through 26 of season two of the Nickelodeon show. Uh, And before we get started, I just want to say there are some bangers in here. Oh, my God. Like, are there ever? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was... I, I vaguely remember not being very impressed by the beginning of the season, but th- they really kind of outdid themselves with this second half. Oh, yeah. Well, Jeff, we have a lot of episodes to talk about, so let's jump into our first one, which is Mazes and Mutants. Yes. Uh, and I've, we've done this before. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to straight up read the the, the, the the quick synopsis of the episode from Wikipedia. It's like four sentences to get us into the headspace of the episode. And then we'll go directly into opinions and notes and stuff. Okay? Yeah. Uh, Mazes and Mutants, episode 15. Uh, the turtles try to relax by playing a role-playing game called Mazes and Mutants. But the game becomes real when a house sparrow named Sir Mal... Malachi, yeah, Sir Malachi, sends the turtles into the game in order to make it through the maze, defeat the dragon, and save Princess April. So, this is this is the turtles playing D and D in the sewer, and then being tricked by this this sparrow that had gotten mutated uh, when there was the big shower of you know mutagen from the end of season one. Yeah. Uh, the end of the episode, the whole, uh, the whole role-playing game, the whole RPG that they're playing, all of the mystic stuff was projected into their heads by this, this Sir Malachi, uh, and all they had to do was not believe that it was real and it would go away. Am I, am I, I mean, does that sum it up pretty, pretty concisely? Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, I absolutely loved this episode. As did I. Um, I got the Wizard Donatello figure. Sadly, I did not get the other three. I should have. It was literally one of the best figures I think Playmates has ever made. Because <laughs> Wizard freaking Gandalf-looking Donatello is is so great. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, like... All of the the turtles in their costumes, fantastic. Raphael wanting nothing to do with stuff, fantastic. Uh, like Michelangelo just being completely immersed in the, the sim that they're going through. Yeah. Uh, even Sir Malachi's character, him being an, uh, you know, a, a sparrow that he kind of looked like an owl. I thought he was an owl, but a house sparrow makes sense. Yeah, it it's 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 very close. Uh, like that was adorable. It was very like it, to, to the viewer. It was very obvious really quickly. Hey, this is all just kind of a, you know, an apparition, but 
for the turtles, it was it was real and it was cool. Uh, I I really liked when Raphael got his head turned into a chicken. Is turkey? <laughs> was it a turkey? Yeah, it was a turkey. He's gobbling the whole time. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this well, it was just a really fun episode, fun standalone episode. Yeah. Yeah. What what other th- what other notes or thoughts do you have on it? Um, well, Sir Malachi was voiced by Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee-wee Herman of Pee-wee's Pee-wee Pee-wee Herman. Yeah. It felt like his character, uh, Batmite, from uh, the Batman Brave and the Bold, which is a, another mischievous, kind of all-powerful, magical-type character um, who causes problems. Um, I love that, you know, the turtles were LARPing or live-action role-play. Um, <laughs> man, I remember 15, 20 years ago when LARPing was so fringe and weird that even I was like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. And now it's in kids TV shows. It's it's so weird. It's really, really weird. Yeah, it's it's um, real weird for it to be that mainstream. Yeah. So like, you know, Raphael not wanting to be a dwarven barbarian. And Mikey was like, hey, you got to hunch over more to uh, to really play the parts, Mac. And <laughs> just, just, I, I absolutely love that. And for, Mikey was Mikey was funny just because he kept adding if to everything. Yeah, everything. just totally not doing it right. Um, and he had this special ring of power, a ring of awesome. And so he kept like kind of turning into Gollum a little bit and. Raphael just smacking him, which is hilarious because it's it's voiced by Sam Wise. Uh, <laughs> lots of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, did, I did not put two and two together on that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. And then Donatello eventually saying, you shall not pass. Um, yep. Oh, probably the most two prominent pieces in this episode for me is you know I'm a sound effects guy, so like I, I listen for sounds and stuff, and so when they're walking through the supposed dungeon, they step on a, a piece of the floor, and there's a certain sound effect before the floor falls away, and they, you know, they're going to fall into lava. It's the same sound effect when you would step on the floor in the Dragon's Lair, and it's like a just an interesting, like the floor would flash. Um, and, uh, when they would step on different tiles and stuff. Oh. And then, and then of course, uh, at the end, April, they're to save April. They're surrounded in this giant throne room with gold and everything. And a- April is in this giant bubble, uh, just like Princess Daphne uh, from Dragon's Lair. She's actually wearing her crown. Oh wow! Yeah. Like they they pulled some real deep cuts. They really did. They really, really went all out. These are big fans, so you can tell. There's so much hidden stuff throughout this entire show. It's amazing. Okay, Jeff, let's keep this this uh, this train rolling. All right. Uh, you want to talk about the lonely mutation of Baxter Stockman? Yes. And also, I want to say Mazes and Mutants is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, oh, it it's it, it was fantastic. It it really kicked off these episodes. Uh, in style. Yeah. So the lonely mutation of Baxter Stockman. Uh, Donnie finally discovers a retro mutagen that can restore Kirby to his human form. 
uh, as he, the other turtles, and April set out to find him. Meanwhile, Stockman gets mutated by Shredder into the housefly mutant Stockmanfly for his 74 consecutive failures to create a perfect mutant army. When he finds out about the retromutagen, he kidnaps April and demands that the turtles hand it over to him in exchange for her, prompting the turtles and Casey to go rescue her whilst facing against Razar. So, uh, Baxter Stockman was introduced into the Nickelodeon television show as an African-American scientist, very similar to what he was in the original comic books. Uh, a, a bit more... Uh, Goofy, goofy and bumbling and, and bumbling. Yeah. than than you know what he is in the comics, but a jerk. <laughs> he was, you know, he was a jerk. He jerk. He, he was very close. So, so th- th- we were never really hinted that he was going to get mutated. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I don't know how a kid show gets away with just straight up mutating humans. Because it is disturbing every single time they mutate a human on this show. It is. It's it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Um, especially this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like 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 making giant turtles out of you know little turtles is that that's pretty innocent. But taking an established character and permanently deforming them into a scary, smelly, and and really intimidating looking bug like th- that's that's pretty that's messed up man it just thematically it's real messed up um how'd you think they handled it it felt very um so again sarah Nerell is a huge horror movie fan mm-hmm. and so it felt very much uh reminiscent of jeff goldblum you know the fly um and it has to be noted that Shredder was most displeased with the uh, Baxter's uh, recent mutation, Ace Duck. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> which looked like a member of the village people. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> anything else. I was like, oh, oh, that's weird. Uh, I'm glad it didn't show it because that was that was freaky. Yeah, um, yeah. But it uh... if if you recall, like Baxter Stockman's original mutation in the original cartoon was very influenced by the fly. Yes, because it wasn't a, a, a mutagen mutation. It was a like a a transference mutation. Yeah, type. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So f- for for them to go full on like I am punishing you and mutating you is like that's a that's a weird left turn yeah and it's it's also takes it to another level where he had the mutagen collar around him that shredder controlled it's like hey you screw up i don't make idle threats you know boom and that that in itself that lends shredder to a bit more i mean he was always evil but man that's just oof it's more time really sadistic it's very sadistic. Yeah, the Shredder doing it on purpose is I, that's that, that doesn't sit well with me at all. You know, it's cold blooded. It's, it's extremely cold blooded. It doesn't have. It, there's not a strategic. 
that's not a strategic decision. You don't mutate your scientist because you think he'll be better at science. You're doing it to punish him, which is sadistic and uncomfortable and inconsistent with a lot of the shredders that we've seen in the past. Yes, I will agree with that. So I, yeah, I don't, I, what, what other notes do you have on the episode? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> um, oh, we see the return of Turf Lytle. Yep. Buzz, buzz. Um, and then every time you would, you get the, uh, the Turf Lytle screen wipe or screen transition, it would be the uh, reference to the Batman sixties, yep. uh, TV series. And Mikey w- wondering what he would look like as a human. He wipes up. And his head's Greg Sipes face with a mask, which looks <laughs> freaky as all get out. Um, Raphael mentions, hey, it's Derek Stockboy. Yep, um, yep, because they, they never get Baxter's name right. Yeah. Uh, Mikey's using stink bombs again, uh, which is always a classic, classic enjoyment. Smoke bombs, not stink bombs. St- smoke bombs. Sorry. Um... I don't know, why did I write stink bomb? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, the only other note that I have is uh, Baxter does mention that he is planning on uh, mutating a pig and a rhino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which we know who that is. Uh, yep. It's it's cool. I, like, I do like that Baxter Stockman is a fly now, but th- it watching this episode was uncomfortable and hard and I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. So there's that. Right. Do you have anything else? (laughs) Uh, no, that's about it. All right. Buzz, 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 buzz. Let's move on to neutralized. Oh, I love this episode. Neutralized tensions arise between Raph and Casey due to Casey's inability to handle bigger mutant threats. This issue is truly put to the test when Raph and Casey cross paths with Slash and his new partner, the Neutralizer. Oh, wow, this this summary is a very, very short. Uh, the, the Neutralizer ends up being way more evil than, than Slash anticipated. Uh, well, basically, Neutralizer, you know, went crazy with, you know, trying to, um, you know, his plans wanting to blow everything up and take over. Take over what, though? Uh, the city? Rocka rocka. Rocka rocka. Um, and even wanting wanting to hurt the humans, which Slash was not okay with. Um, so eventually him, it led to him joining forces with the Turtles to take um, the, the Neutralizer down uh, after taking control of this giant Krang walker. That's right. That's right. The, yeah, the, the 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 big the big thing here is is that Slash was fine with the plan to take over the city. Like that's it's like okay, sure, I I can do that. Uh, but as soon as it involved killing innocent people, Slash jumped ship because that's not who he is. He's not in he's not inherently evil, but apparently the the neutralizer is. Yeah. Raka raka. Raka raka. Uh I do like the neutralizer. I really do. I do too. It's a great action figure too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, voiced by Danny Trejo. Yes, he is. Uh, what, what notes do you have on, 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 on this episode? 
Let's see here. Uh, uh, Mikey's playing a, a nice rousing game of pinball. And <laughs> envision squirrels with lasers. Uh, like, knock it off. Um, <laughs> they're trying to locate, uh, like Don is like using a locator, and Mikey just jumps in, playing like a starts playing like a Pac-Man type game with an actual yeah. like what looks like to be an, an Atari uh, joystick. And then uh, you know Donnie's like, yeah, get that, you know, knock it off, and then you can hear the Pac-Man die sound. Um, on the docks, you can see on one of the containers on the or on the buildings on the top, it says Eastman Cannery. Nice. It's a quick shot, so you have to like look, you know, very quickly. Um, <laughs> we we finally get the Krang uh, showing up for a little bit. Um, and we have this wonderful, wonderful Krang speak, which is any time they show up, it's like my most favorite thing ever. Um, <laughs> did you, did you write down what they wrote? What, what they said? I did. I did. <laughs> Krang over here, move in the direction that is known as this way. <laughs> <laughs> And when they when they shot when one of the giant laser beams shot out of the walker, that is what is known as the awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and doing like a fist pump, like a fist, you know, fist pump. Um, <laughs> crank all attack, non crank. <laughs> just just so good. They're not in it very long. But no, no, they're not. When they are, uh, you know, it's 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 nice. Um, there were, there were a lot of really good action sequences in this one. Oh yeah. Yeah. But just the, oh, as a whole, this series, just the action is probably the best out of any iteration. Um, well, there's, oh, some, you know, there's, completely there's, agree. there's, completely there's agree. some fantastic action beats in rise, but for this, this is literally the most action packed turtle series pound for pound. Raka raka. Raka raka. <laughs> Do you have anything else? For uh, um, what was this one called? Neutralized. Neutralized. That is it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Which one is next on your list? Um, I've got the uh, the Wrath of Tiger Claw. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Let's jump to Wrath of Tiger Claw. The they, they aired differently. Like the production order puts Wrath of Tiger Claw next. But it technically aired after Pizza Face. Yeah. So we're going to go with The Wrath of Tiger Claw. Tiger Claw returns uh, and vows revenge on the turtles and works with Karai on a ruse to locate their lair. But it fails when the truth about herself as Splinter and the late Tang Shen's only daughter, Miwa, is revealed to her and she's furiously turned. Furiously? Furiously turns against him and the Foot Clan. Unfortunately for Karai, Shredder imprisons her in a cell uh, now that she knows the truth about her parentage. Uh, so this Karai stuff, it's finally come to a head. Like, we've known a while that Karai is actually Splinter's daughter. Yeah. Uh, and 
the, the turtles have been trying to kind of convince her of this. Uh, and this is the episode where it, it finally, it, uh, it finally, it finally clicks. And she's like, you know what? I, you're right. Rat man. You're my dad, rat man. Mm hmm. Uh, and I like how they handled that. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the wrath of tiger claw? It's, I have to go on record uh, that stating that Tiger Claw is one of my all-time favorite Turtles villains because he's just such a great, fun character. I want to say he's taken – he's I, – I know Hun shows up later, but he's technically taken the place of Hun or Tatsu or whatever, yeah, you know, because yeah. um, he's just – he's a freaking beast, literally. Yeah. Um, he is the ultimate muscle. Um, and I, 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 I have that figure, uh, carded somewhere. So <laughs> start listing all these figures that you have, Jeff. I was... yeah, some, some of them, some of them. Um, also it should be noted that this is the last time, the last episode that Jason Biggs voices Leonardo. Yeah. And I have my theories as to why he's he stopped voicing Leonardo. He got in trouble be, because of some uh, stupid tweets that he made. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way I understand it. Yep. I I don't think it was ever like announced. Hey, bro, this is why you're fired. But the timing kind of made it look like that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Because I I saw his feed and I was like, wow, that's just not cool, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like this, this was before getting in trouble about tweets was like in vogue. Yeah. So uh, Jason Biggs, pioneer, getting in trouble for yeah. tweets before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, so like the rest of this season, we have a couple of, couple of people doing the voice, right? Uh, I. Well, let's see. My notes here: Dominic Catrambone. Yeah. Um. Who's really close? It's noticeable, though. I I, I noticed it as soon as it happened. Yeah. Okay. No. He. Yeah. He finished out the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess there's. It's good that there was that consistency. Um. Wrath of Tiger Claw. This this episode got deep quick, you know, because 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 like Karai l literally like snuck into their their lair using um, basically lying to the turtles saying, oh, I believe you. And then when she got there, she's like, oh, no, I didn't believe you before, but now I actually believe you and you're screwed because now Tiger Claw's on his way. Mm -hmm. uh, which that's that's well written. I really like that. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I just I don't have anything for Tiger Claw. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad you love him. I, I got nothing for him. He, he he I think he was the point at which I was in this show. I was like, oh, so you're just going to keep introducing the, all of these cronies and none of them are going to be useful. Good job, Shredder. Eh, I mean, you know, he's he's out of, I mean, he's more useful than Sever. Yeah, barely. But still. <laughs> Like when he's telling his backstory about where, what happened to him and stuff, and like you can see, I love the little comic 
book panel type flashbacks. And in the first world that he's in, you can see that he's fighting the 87 turtles, but it looks like, like the, the pilot versions, like yeah. where they're, they look a little tough. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this this episode has Irma in it. It does. Uh, a few episodes in this in this se- half season have Irma in it. Yeah, in in them, and uh, I, I think it's funny how dismissive Casey is just with anything Irma's trying to do. Yeah, she's just like, why are you here? You know. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, of course, all of that comes to a head later, but... Whew, and I forgot about all that. Did you? Yeah. I was well, like, well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Like, Wait, what? Um, I like that Mikey had a good idea on how to track Casey. It was like, we track, track him using the T-phone. And it's like, you know, and, and bounce off a satellite and stuff. And it's like, it's like and Raph's like, that's a good idea. Like, you, you can also track the pizza guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> always thinking with his stomach uh that that is funny uh, i i remember specifically last time we talked about tiger claw you were very happy of course because you like tiger claw but my biggest complaint was we didn't get any backstory we didn't know where he came from what, what was going on and we finally got some of that here yeah 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 so we I, we just had to wait we just had to wait just a little bit yeah so that's all i got you want to move on uh yes okay next up oh is wait i nope. forgot sorry okay. that the the fight with uh the turtles and tiger claw in the in the meat locker like when they're trying to like freak them out and uh-huh. like you see them with the full white eyes they're like behind one of those giant racks of meat and uh-huh. they just it just oh man that gave me chills and they just disappeared. I was like, oh, that that whole fight was fantastic. That was uh, some, some super ninja action. Yeah, like when you fight Tiger Claw, you're going to be in it. Like it's because he's not a pushover, and that's what I love about him. He's 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 a brute. He's got the strength, and he's got the you know the firepower. He's not a pushover until they need him to be a pushover. Yeah, and then he is absolutely a pushover. Yeah, <laughs> and that seems to be. Like the, the the character arc for all of the bad guys, like the first time they fight him, it's like, oh no, he's so hard. And then every other time they fight him, they have no trouble. It's yeah, it's kind of a cliche, but whatever. Right. Let's talk about Pizza Face. Pizza Face. Uh, when living pizzas begin turning people into zombies, including Leo, Raph, Donnie. Splinter and April, it's up to Mikey to save them from their leader, a pepperoni and mushroom pizza named Pizza Face. I loved this episode. It was so fantastic. Uh, pizza, Vo- pizza Face is voiced by John Bender DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. Yeah. Uh, I, I do love John DiMaggio. He's so good. Um. This was a very this was a fantastic Mikey episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and as as we've said several times, the the writers and the creator of this series really love horror. Yeah. And so 
that that plays really well into the zombie pizza people. Yeah. Um, what notes do you have on on Pizza Face? So the movie that that they used inspiration for for this is called The Stuff, and it's like this alien, almost like a marshmallow type dessert that when you ingest it, you know, people turn into zombies and do weird stuff and just, you know, it's, it's a, I've, I've never seen the film, but I looked it up. I, I'd heard about it before and, uh, like it was coming out on Blu-ray from Arrow video. And I was like, Oh, this looks weird. I'm like, Ugh. and then I was like, Ooh, I have, I have a frame of reference. <laughs> and then a, a VHS tape pops up, uh, called the stuff Two beast within my belly. Uh, so, and we have some other, uh, great VHS tapes. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was all kinds of stuff hidden in here. Um, I, I, I was really getting an invasion of the body snatchers. That vibe, as well. Definitely. From this episode. Definitely. Um, you know, pod people. Um, I love good cop, bad cop, Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Where he kidnapped, not he kidnapped, he tied up one of the, uh, the pizza face, uh, cronies <laughs> just threatened to throw him in the fire and then he's got the fire in his 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 uh his ray-bans there uh <laughs> which was just absolutely hilarious um uh it, it like they're trying to call all these different pizza places and nobody's picking up them like hey mike you just make your own pizza it is the most disturbing a disgusting pizza I've seen. It has an eyeball on it. Has a rat butt. Uh, yep. Just, ugh. And he eats the whole thing. And it belches well, you have to, his you, you, not you have just to You have to remember that, like, the, in in the uh, in the pilot, they were eating what green like scum, like worms and algae. Yeah, worms and algae. So but that's what turtles eat. Okay. Garbage. All right. Cool. Uh, you know, oh, there was a tooth in there too. <laughs> nice and crunchy. A fish head. So, uh, how did this end? Was this all a dream? Basically, because okay, like, yeah, hey, yeah, if you eat a garbage pizza, you're gonna have nightmares. Yeah. So, so it was basically a fever dream from the the, the garbage pizza he ate, which is that's a fantastic bookend to that story. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the legend of the Kur- Kuro Kabuto. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. The Kuro Kabuto. You been practicing? No, no, I haven't. Uh, feeling ashamed of himself for losing Karai to Shredder uh, like Splinter did. Wait, what? No. That's that's wrong. That's exactly what this says. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's Leo who feels ashamed. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Feeling ashamed of himself for losing Karai to Shredder like Splinter did, Leo talks the other turtles uh, into helping him rescue her. Meanwhile, Anton Zek, a professional thief uh, in a high-tech energy suit, is hired by Ivan Steranko, a Russian arms dealer and artifact collector who is an old mafia business partner of the Shredders, uh, to steal Shredder's helmet, the Kuro Kabuto. When the turtles accidentally come in possession of the Kabuto, uh, 
However, they decide to use it to their advantage and trade it for Karai, eventually leading to an all-out battle between them, Zek, and Shredder's forces to claim it. So, a lot happens in this episode. So much? There's two brand new characters, if I remember correctly. Like, the, the this is the debut of, of, uh, of both of those characters. Let me make sure. Anton Zek. Yeah, that's his debut. And... Ivan Steranko? He appeared in Enemy of My Enemy. Okay, so this isn't his... This is his second time, then. Um, but he is, he is... He's a Russian dude. And... Uh, Anton, Anton Zek is voiced by J.B. Smoove, which... That's cool. Dude. That's... I mean, if you gotta go... You know, with 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 the you know the perfect casting. Yeah, yeah. You can't find anybody better. Right, right. And like, do we do we want to just talk about the elephant in the room with uh, these two characters right now, uh, or do we keep that hold that for later? Let's hold that for later. Okay. All right. All right. That's fine. Um, the Kuro Kabuto is is of course Shredder's helmet. And this is really the first time that that, that much uh, importance has been placed on his helmet or any part of his his uh, armor. And this is a fun and intense episode. Yeah. Because at the end, they're legit trying to trade the Kabuto for uh, for Karai, and just things go sideways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what notes do you have? Oh, well... Uh, we're the Anton is uh, wearing this like Tron type outfit, um, which you know he can uh, he can use to uh, which is, makes him an effective thief. Uh, can uh, turn invisible and whatever he's carrying, uh, if it's connected to his suit, also invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's able to generate this energy like mohawk, which he can throw. And it, you know, explode or whatever. Uh, kind of reminiscent of there's um, a, a Tokusatsu series called uh, Ultra Seven, and his he has a blade on the top of his head which he throws, and uh, can like chop monsters in half and all this other stuff. So I'm, I feel like that's a big nod to that, which is pretty cool. Um, let's see. Oh, we get and of course Tiger Claws there. You know, they're all trying to after after um, Anton steals Shredder's helmet. They all have to get it back. And uh, there's a great scene where uh, Mikey grabs on Don's uh, bow staff and, and uh, Don swings him around, throws him in the air like a cannonball, and just kicks Tiger Claw. This is a great scene. Uh, I absolutely love that. <laughs> um, and so it's it's one big. Uh, oh, the whole episode is just one big giant, uh, you know, hot potato. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, uh, and, and, and like the icing on the cake is at the end of the episode, it seems as if the turtles' plan worked. You know, they 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 have Karai. They gave the the helmet back, uh, and they're escaping, uh, only to find that they don't have Karai. They have basically a body with a bomb strapped to its head. Yeah. 
like 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 a dummy with a bomb strapped to its head, and Kurai is still in jail. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know if I like that because it basically means this episode doesn't mean anything. Right. Uh, outside of us meeting, you know, the new the new character and and, and getting more familiar with Sterenko. Uh. But it was an it was an exciting episode nonetheless. It really was. Um. <laughs> I, I love where um, Anton thinks he's, you know, he's got the helmet and uh, um, Ivan came to his rescue with a you know, huge helicopter and um, he's got like the the uh, the extension, not the extension ladder, but like a uh, like a rope with like a hook on the end or whatever for him to climb up onto. And he pulls him up in there. He's like, yeah, I got it. I got it. He's like, why am I smelling the baby poops? <laughs> and Leo had swapped out the helmet for dirty diapers out of the uh, the dumpster. Yep. Which I thought yep. was hilarious. Um, Let's move on to plan 10. Oh, man. The, okay. All right. All right. Let me get through this 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 short synopsis and then we'll talk. When Raphael accidentally switches minds with a Krang uh, after he accidentally pierces a part of an Earth infiltration device, uh, he must find a way out of the Technodrome and back to his body without being discovered before Plan 10 goes into full effect. Plan 10 being the plan to take over the Earth? Yeah. Uh, I have issue with this episode. I... I I think it would. I think it's just me being a bit hard on it, but it's twenty. When this what, what year did this come out? Twenty fourteen. Do we really need body swapping shows anymore? Yes. Like it is. What it is literally the most overused trope in science fiction. It is, but when the Krang are involved, it's liquid gold. It, it like it is, but it's not like. It's funny, but it it's not like there was ever a question like even even when Raphael when his body was in the uh, the, the like the turtle tank or whatever the whatever it's called the, um, shell razor. the shell razor. It took the turtles like three seconds to be like, oh, he must have Craig's brain in there. You know, there wasn't like the protract the long protracted scene where they're like, Raphael, why are you acting so weird? Man, yeah. you sure are odd today. Like, it it just it. The episode's fine. I'm just tired of that trope. I mean, I don't really see it as much in stuff as it was used like so heavily in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and even the 90s. Um. Mm hmm. Well, no, there was no. There's a new there's a new horror movie with uh, Vince Vaughn. Yep, last so, year. Yep. Okay. Well, I take that back. Yeah, like it's it's one of the most overused tropes in all of Hollywood. Yeah. So, like, if you're in the writers' room and you pitch this, you either are scraping the bottom of the barrel or you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think in this case it was comedy gold. Uh, really, the, the the only 
useful thing to come out of this episode is them finding out what Plan 10 was and that the Krang are an imminent threat. Yeah. Um, it did bother me that they were so they, they so easily infiltrated the Technodrome. Right. You know, uh, you, you had no plans of infiltrating anything until you absolutely had to. And boom, you're in. Look at that. Hey, I, and that's just me being very picky and stupid about things. Uh, ultimately, there was some there was some humor in there to be had. What are your thoughts, your notes? So, again, anytime the Krang are in an episode, I'm all for it because it's like one of my favorite things ever. Um, there's a nod to there's a movie called Plan Nine from Outer Space. It came out in 1957. Uh, it was this was an Ed Wood film. Um, and so like, it was kind of like, you know, extraterrestrials trying to take over humanity by, you know, creating a doomsday weapon that could you know, destroy the universe. So that was their, that was their scheme. Of course, they were trying to resurrect, you know, the dead and turn them into, you know, zombies and, you know, cause chaos and all that other stuff. But this plan 10 was basically for them to put the Krang mind in human bodies to impersonate, you know, people of power um, and take over that way, which has been done in shows and stuff before. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a Spider-Man cartoon where they tried to do that, replaced the humans uh, with robots. Um, <laughs> when, when Raphael gets a, a Craig Raphael uh, gets away and is, Walking down the street, he's like, can you tell Krang where to find Krang? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Raphael being completely confused as to what and who Krang is was pretty funny. Because <laughs> when Krang refers to Krang, they know exactly what Krang they're Kranging. When Raphael says Krang, he's like, I, what? What? Who? What? what? Me? Who? What? Yeah. No, no, like yeah. like Raphael, Raphael, not not the um him and the Krang body. When it's Krang, okay, when it's Krang and Raphael's body and he's walking down the street talk trying to ask people, you know, where can Krang find other handsome Krangs like Krang? You uh, know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like monsters like yes, Krang is monster and he puts his hand on the window <laughs> and it starts to rain. I, was, I just I lost it. Um, and then when you get back to Raphael in the Krang body, <laughs> Krang is taking Krang to get vitamin supplements. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Krang is messed up. <laughs> um, what else? What else you got? Because like the episode was funny, but. I, I, I don't have love for Plan 10. I, I do. I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, you know, it's another nod to, you know, the, uh, you know, cheesy, you know, horror movies. Yeah. Uh, we get our first glimpse at plans for a mecha turtle robot. Or just a mecha, not a robot, but a mecha turtle. Like, yeah. Like a, like a, like a, like a, what is it? A Megazord? Uh, no. Well, kind of. Kind of? Yeah, kind of. 
No, yeah, Mecha Turtle Robot. All right, all right. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I have and I have opinions on that too. Oh sure. Uh, let's let's just move it on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk about Vengeance is mine. <laughs> that was very crank. <laughs> Vengeance crank. is mine. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that is called Vengeance is Krang's. <laughs> uh, Leo stages a rescue of Karai against Splinter's wish- wishes. While the mission is a success, Krang's or Karai's knowledge of the truth makes her rush out to take her revenge on Shredder for killing her mother and lying to her for so long, leading to an unexpected turn of events. Because of Shredder's careless actions, uh, Karai inadvertently falls into a vat of mutagen, transforming her into a mindless albino horned viper when Shredder originally planned to have the turtles fall into the mutagen instead. The battle ends with Stockman's lab burning down due to a fire uh, setting during the battle. The turtles, Splinter, Stockman, Shredder, and Tigerclaw escape, and Karai disappears. The turtles, particularly Leo, and Splinter are saddened by what has happened uh, and return home. Karai appears on a nearby rooftop where it is revealed she has partial control over her her mutation, uh, able to partially remain in a human and snake form. So now she can kind of shapeshift. This is a heavy episode. It's a very heavy episode. Uh, I don't quite understand some character motivations here. Mm-hmm. But mutating a Karai into a like a snake thing is that is a bold move for the creators to yeah. to take. Yeah. Uh, what, what let's let's get Jeff's opinion before before I spout mine. I really enjoyed this episode. Like we are just now getting you have that that father daughter connection with with Karai and Splinter, and like I had forgotten because like I I had seen episodes here and there uh, that she'd gotten mutated, and I was like, oh. Snap. I was like, wait, what? Because, like, that wasn't supposed to happen, and you're genuinely shocked. Um, also, a uh, side note, the the contraption that she was in looked a lot like um, uh, the same contraption that they used to lower sacrifices in uh, the Temple of Doom. That makes sense. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like after just getting kind of getting her back and then now losing her to this, that carries so much freaking weight. Like it just it tugged my heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I remember watching it, you know, and main characters are always put into these 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 perilous situations. And. As an adult, you want you kind of half watch these things, thinking, "Oh, nothing bad's going to happen." You know, it's a good guy. Nothing bad ever happens to the good guys. Whatever. And then when she's mutated, I was legit shocked the first time I watched it. Yeah, because that's not supposed to happen. Mm-mm. So uh, again, it's, it's a very bold move. Uh, the the, the my, my chief complaint here is. Cor- Karai's motivation to run back and try to kill the Shredder 
doesn't really make sense to me. Like she knows who the shredder is, how formidable of an opponent he is. She knows she's not just going to walk in, slit his throat and walk out. Right. But she chooses to do it alone. Even though she's literally in the lair of four other ninjas that could help her. Five, if you count <laughs> Splinter, like, yeah, it, it it just doesn't make sense to me for her to go back. I'm sure obviously that had to happen for the plot to play out the way that they wanted it to. I just feel like they could have. Put better. Story hooks in there to make it make more sense. I will give you that. Like, it definitely was like, hey. She could have infiltrated, you know, she could she could have just gone back and apologized or whatever, and all would have been forgiven. And that would have let his shoulder would have let his guard down and boom. You know, she could have taken taken him out. Now, of course, it's the shredder. It wouldn't happen that quick. But, you know, that would have been a prime, you know, time to do that instead of like, hey, I'm just going to go rush the castle gate. With no plan, that'll work. No plan. No plan. Yeah. It, it, th- that's really the only thing in this episode that bugs me. Other than that, as I said, the, the, the weight of this, this episode, it's probably the heaviest we've seen so far. Yeah. In, in this series. Yeah. Uh, what other nuggets you got? Um, I like Tiger Claw's uh, uh, motorcycle. Uh, with the uh, the footbots, that was really cool. Um, Mikey's distractions were just wonderful um, to keep them away for as you know everybody kind of slipped in. Um, that Karai Splinter reunion and the story was yep. great. Yep. Was this was this the uh, was this the episode where she hugs him? Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that, 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 and that made it even more like difficult. Like, because, oh, we're reunited. Oh, nope. Yeah, yeah. Like, as soon as you get what you've been looking for for, you know, years, it's snatched away from you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and again, every single time they mutate a human, I'm, it's disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, let's move on. We're making good time, Jeff. We are. Next up is a Chinatown ghost story. Or Big Trouble in Little China. (laughs) Uh, The evil spirit of a powerful Shang Dynasty martial artist named Ho Chan uh, is released by the Purple Dragons. He uses them to kidnap April in order to drain her of her untapped mental energies. Because, of course, she has superpowers that they use whenever they need, you know, need to use. Uh, As well as her friend Irma's own vital energy to restore her his physical form. Uh, Donnie and Casey have to work together to rescue the girls and face Leo, Raph and Mike, who Ho-Chan turns them into brainwashed soldiers. So, I didn't like this one at all. Yeah, I, I didn't figure you would. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, my one, my one re- really fun note here is uh, 
when Ho Chan is like sizing up the two girls, it's like, ah, you you have an energy that I can use. And, you know, she you know, he 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 grabs April and he's like, I'm going to suck the energy out of you. And he looks at Irma and he's like, "Uh, you have an energy I don't understand yet. I'll be back for you. And that's and that full on foreshadows what's coming for the Irma character. Right. Which at the time it didn't make any sense. But watching this episode back, it, that's really exciting and cool. Oh, yeah. That, that they that they did that, uh, knowing what they were doing with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you like this episode so much? I, I love Big Trouble in Little China. It's just a just really fun movie. Um, and, and James Wong uh, is the voice of Ho Chan or Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China. Um, so this is definitely a, a, a blatant nod uh, to that film. But uh, yeah, like they, they had those mystic, you know, dudes in that movie too. So I'm just, I'm a sucker for James Hong. Like he's one of my favorite Asian actors. Um, he's been in you know, dang near everything. Um, but his, his most iconic role is Lopan from Big Trouble in Little China, which he's playing, basically playing the same character in this. Um, and uh, just having an absolute blast, you know, playing the character. Um, so, you know, it's just good fun. Yeah. To, to, yeah, to, to be fair, I didn't hate Ho-Chan as a character. Like yeah. he 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 was probably the highlight of the episode, uh, but I'm going to possess your three brothers, and it 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 just seemed a bit cheesy and a bit a bit uh again old hat. It's 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 one of those things that I've seen enough in other forms of fiction, and I'm I'm tired of it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I did get out of this was uh. Did, I drew a, a like a straight line from the elemental ninjas of 2K3 to this. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's probably where that inspiration came from as well. Is from Big Trouble. It's 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 is that I I guess I should come clean. I haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China. That's okay. Is are there elemental ninjas in that? Oh yeah. Ah uh... Okay. 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 That makes more sense now. Yes. Okay. We can fix that. It's a fun movie. Okay. It's got Kurt uh-huh. Russell in it. It does. It does. Uh, what else you got? Because I'm hungry to get to these last few. These last few are good. It, it's funny that you mentioned hungry because the, the the only thing that can knock the turtles out of their brainwashed, you know, being is pizza. And so they're fighting over the pizza and the best the absolute moment that made me laugh so freaking hysterical. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Mikey possesses the element of wind. (laughs) And after he eats the pizza, he literally burps right into the camera and flies halfway off the screen. (laughs) It just propels him up into the air. There he goes. Yep. That was my favorite. See, all of the yeah, all of these things. I'm like, like, why am I watching this? Come on, man. Like, so good, so good. It's not. It's really, it's not though. Yeah. 
It's fine. It's whatever, whatever. Do you want to talk about Into Dimension X? Yes. Okay. A much superior episode, Into Dimension X. Uh, after, <laughs> after receiving a message from an aged leatherhead that the Krang have perfected the mutagen, Mikey heads to Dimension X to rescue him by using the portal the turtles have. The others follow him, and they will need Mikey's expertise to figure out the dimension in order to find the Krang's fortress, which is guarded by the rock monsters, Trag and Granitor. Uh, rescue Leatherhead and stop the Krang's terraforming plot. So this is the first time uh, the Turtles have just straight up gone to Dimension X. Yeah. And Mikey gets there first, and the way time works is you spend a lot more time in Dimension X than you do on earth like yeah. like one minute here is a week there or you know an hour there or whatever so when mikey got a head start he got to learn all kinds of stuff about dimension x while he was there and it turns out he's basically like dimension x's macgyver basically and he's he's like a genius everything is just weird and quirky and he blends in perfectly yeah. I loved this episode. It was such a fantastic uh, episode overall. And just to see Mikey in a different light uh, was very refreshing. Yeah. 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 Um, the, 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 he, I, he was a boss. <laughs> he was. He was. Like, the other turtles get there, and he is the Donatello of Dimension X. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he knows what all the little beings do. He knows how to, uh, you know, how to traverse the, the, the weird gravity and landscape of it. Uh, he knows who Trag and Graniteer are or Granitor are, and he's he's on top of it. So it, it was really fun seeing Mikey have this moment. Yeah. Um, I do like that the Krang stuff is finally coming to a head. Mm -hmm. I like that. Leatherhead is back into the uh, equation because we thought he was gone. We knew he wasn't dead, but we, you know, he, he was gone. Um, right. We didn't know where he went. Right. Per se. And I do, I really like that they took the time to explain the time difference. Yeah. Because not only does that explain the Michelangelo stuff, it explains the aged Leatherhead stuff, but it also makes Krang's plot makes sense because yeah. if you remember the, the krang tried to pull some bonkers stuff at the end of season one mm -hmm. and they were defeated by the turtles and this this episode takes place like a year later yeah for them to completely change plans and and, and have a much bigger army a, a bigger uh invasion which we'll get to the invasion here in a minute it would take a very long time but if time flows at a different speed in Dimension X, they have a long time to do it. Yeah. So like like that, that just makes the plot make more sense. Uh, That's very no, well I, Yeah, I, I really, really love this episode. I do too. Uh, um, what what nuggets you got? Uh, we have Leonardo kind of pulling a Michelangelo. I was like, oh, hey, there's a cute thing over here. It's like, no, no. It reminded me of a Muppet. It's like, yip, yip. 
he's, he's poking <laughs> him. Nope. And it turns out to be a giant freaking, you know, rock lizard thing. Um, I love when the turtles go through the portal. It, it very much looks like something out of turtles in time. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, let's see here. We had those atmospheric breathers, uh, kind of like from a two K three. No, those are from the original comic. Oh, yeah, because they needed the they needed the breathers when they were uh, yeah, 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 on yeah, the yeah. Triceraton. Home that's world. right. Well, it, 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 you know, that's a, the same reference. <laughs> it, it, it's technically the same reference, but it yeah. it, pre, it predates two K three by like twenty years, so right. Right. <laughs> or fifteen years. Some antics. Um, uh, let's see, I really like the Rock Soldiers a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, anytime we get to see them, it, this is a a solid interpretation of them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Got some some dad jokes for you folks. Um. Uh, but yeah, I re- really was really pleased with seeing Mikey kind of just go all out. And I, w- I want more moments like that, you know, with him. Um, I don't. I don't. So like, it's not, well, sometimes it's over the top, but like, I'm never really annoyed with this take of Michelangelo because it's not like, it's charming. Mm-hmm. It's, his his tomfoolery and just the the goofiness that he is because there there do there are parts where when it's time to get serious he gets serious like if you notice that when he's fighting he's all in yeah um i i would say that like if we're if we're t- taking the amount of goofy that michelangelo is in this this series about 20% comes from it being idiocy. Yeah. And in other versions, it's a much higher percentage. Yeah. So I can I can respect that. Yeah. But also, too, like if you notice, like, like during training, some of the stuff, like it's – he uses it as a distraction. So I think he acts a lot of times kind of stupid on purpose. Or at least that's yeah. the way it kind of feels to me. It's 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 a lot of times it's less idiocy and more just indifference. Like he doesn't actually care to look into anything, so he comes off as being an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let let's let's bring it home. Let's bring it home and talk about the invasion. Yes, the invasion is a two part uh, season finale. Uh, episodes 25 and 26 of the season and it is a stunner it's an absolute jaw dropper yeah yeah uh part one uh as a last resort at getting back at the turtles uh and splinter for karai's mutation shredder and the krang join forces as the krang launch a full-scale invasion on earth with the krang now attacking new york Leo and Donnie argue over strategies for defeating the Krang. You want to stop there before we move to the next section, or do you want to read the next section as well? Um, let's let's stop there, and then we can go to the next section when we get to that. 
Okay. Let's talk about Shredder. Because I'm beginning to dislike this Shredder more and more. Like, as... Because, like, previous versions of the Shredder, it's a thirst for power, you know? Yeah. I want to rule the world. I want to rule the city. I want to be the most powerful person in town. Like, there's a logical nature to it this version of shredders kind of all over the place he's not really motivated to do anything yeah he's he's not motivated by power in this episode he's motivated by revenge and he's willing to sacrifice the human race to get it yeah you know it, like it doesn't it just doesn't compute to me yeah he like he comes off as a, kind of an idiot and like r- reckless in a way that the shredder character shouldn't be yeah but maybe that's on purpose because this is an emotional situation that he's in possibly you know people get reckless when they get emotional i understand that it's it's just v- the, his behavior in the first half of this episode is very uncharacteristic um uh, I think it would have been pl- they they could have played this better if for some reason they were or, or if they were able to hide the the Krang's intentions from Shredder. Like if Shredder didn't know the Krang's plot was to just take over the city and the world, mm-hmm. terraform the world. Like that should have been like a hard stop for Shredder. Yeah. But yeah. he just blew right past it. He was like, oh, okay, whatever. Just give me what I want. Had they just had, had they just played it dark or played it dumb and not given him those plans, he would have been much more believable here. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what do you have on the first half of this? Mm, let's see here. Man, like, we uh, we discover that, you know, Irma's not who she leads us to believe. <laughs> yes. That, that, like, that's the big reveal in this this first half. That she is really Gilbert Godfrey. Wait, Gilbert what? Godfrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Krang is subprime. Yep. In a teenage girl's body that transforms into a weird, wonky Krang mech. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, Krang subprime? Yeah. Like, is this the jump the shark moment? Is this what this is right now? It wasn't, but that was my thought. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried playing a, a a teenage girl is really funny. It is. <laughs> of course, he didn't do the voice, but, you know, until he you know revealed himself, but. Yeah, yeah. That was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, the the the, the long con that that Irma pulled, like she's been in most of this season. Yeah. As Irma, and as soon as like April brings Irma to the the, the lair, kachink kachink kachink, boom! It's Krang Subprime, which. Yeah. That's a shocker like that. Like that's a legit plot twist that is a, a long time coming. I I kind of love it. Yeah. Like 
when you uh, see that transformation and then her creepy face, her face gets all creepy. It's like, just like, no, it pops off and turns into that spider thing. I'm like, whoa, God, yeah, no. (laughs) Oh, it freaked me out. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a pretty fantastic episode. Yeah, yeah, and th- like there was a lot of action. Everything that happened, ha- like, was of consequence. Like, everything mattered. I, I also kind of have uh, take issue again with Shredder. I'm sorry, I, Shredder fans. I'm sorry, Russ. I know how much you love Shredder. Sorry, him opening the episode with those blasted turtles got my Karai mutated. Like, that's just fiction. Like, he's the one who hung her above the... Yeah. The the mutagen. Yeah. Like, take this the smallest amount of responsibility for your actions, Mr. Oroku Saki. Yeah. And again, kid show, he's the bad guy. He's supposed to do this stuff. I get it. But it's, it's, it's real hard to just stand back and just let this kind of stuff happen and not mention it. Yeah. Uh, you got anything for the first half or can we jump into part two? The um, we do we do see a uh, second time around. Yeah. Leo versus the footbots is just going all out. Uh, which I Oh, yeah, that was in the first half of this episode, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, and Krang Prime returns as, you know, a giant super mecha Krang turning People into Krang mutants, like giant bubble gum on the bottom of your shoe looking mutants. And in an attempt to terraform Earth into, you know, like Dimension X. Yes, yes. Making it (laughs) habitable by the Krang. Yep. Habitable? Habitable. Habitable? Habitable? Habitable. Habitable. Uh... So Jeff, let's let's move on to part two because you you know how I love it when 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 the turtles kind of call back to their to their roots. Yeah. Uh, part two digs in digs its teeth in real real hard uh, into a pivotal turtles moment. Like snapping turtle, not letting go hard. Yeah yeah yeah, and it's and it's a moment that we've talked about multiple times, uh, just because it's happened in multiple iterations uh we 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 had mentioned that leo was just 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 getting his butt handed to him by by the the foot that continues in this this episode uh with it culminating with him being thrown through a window uh into april's apartment yeah, into April's apartment. So I, I guess let me read this this part two synopsis real quick. Uh with their home destroyed by Irma who was revealed to be the Krang's second-in-command, Krang Subprime, uh, in disguise, the uh, and the mutagen greatly perfected, the Turtles, April, and Casey must survive the ongoing assault of the Krang invasion. Uh, while Leo goes head-to-head with the Shredder's men and his army of foot soldiers, meanwhile, Splinter and Leatherhead go one-on-one with the Shredder himself. So, Leo is, is thrown through the window, much like he is in... Uh, the original comic series, uh, the the Mirage comic, 
uh, in the comic What Goes Around Comes Around, which I believe is issue 10. No, it's the no, it's the Leonardo Micro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it signified the return of the Shredder in the comics. Uh, and which ended up being Worm Shredder. We've talked about that, all of that stuff before. But we've seen this played out multiple times. Uh, we saw it, albeit with a different turtle, in the original movie, mm-hmm. the, the 1990 movie. Uh, it almost it played out almost verbatim, uh, where Raphael just gets the crap kicked out of him by by the foot and then thrown through April's window. In that in that one, it was a skylight. But either way. And then again, in 2K3, we get basically the same story uh, where Leo is thrown through the window uh, after having a huge fight with, you know, being hopelessly outnumbered by foot soldiers. So and uh, Shredder's elite. Right, right. So this while the Nickelodeon show takes its inspiration from all over the place uh not only from turtles lore but also from horror movies science fiction uh pop culture in general there are certain touchstones that they grab from that history because Mm -hmm. those touchstones are kind of important to the turtles as a whole and i feel like a turtle being thrown through the window in that fashion in that story you know progression is something you kind of have to do yeah it it is one of my favorite uh stories from the original mirage comics mm-hmm. and the impact of being you know defeated and broken and seeing you know the concern for their brother um and the the ramifications of that like how do you come back from that and you you come together as a family to to help yeah yeah, yeah. it's um i now you knew about all this this is kind of like my first time watching this i was like oh snap they're doing that like, <laughs> like there's a little bit of snow i'm like it's not all over the place but i'm like i see some snow here i see what you're doing i was like i'm all for it i'm like but wait 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 what you know so it's like I wasn't sure if that was going to happen or not, but it totally did. And I was like, oh, snap. Mm-hmm. And you haven't watched any uh, season three, have you? Uh, no. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, look, the entire show is the series is just phenomenal. Like, I've already gone on record saying this is my favorite turtle series. Like, yes, this, you is have. Number, you have. this is number one and everything else comes after. Um. With all that said, what what notes do you have about part two? Because a, a lot happens. A lot happens in the second part of this. Um, we get to see uh, the party wagon. This is old, old Kirby's old, uh, you know, from his old hippie days. So maybe that's... It's, it's funny that he said hipster. He didn't say hippie. He said hipster? He said hipster, which doesn't make oh. any sense. But he said hipster. It's weird. Maybe um, maybe maybe hippie is a char- is one of those loaded words that you're not supposed to use. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah. So like, oh, that's that's cool seeing the party wagon. Um, 
well, I'm going to go ahead and say the proto party wagon. The proto party wagon. It's not the party wagon yet. They're yeah. getting there, Jeff. They're getting there. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh, that whole sh- uh, Splinter and Shredder fight was was fantastic. And God, the weight from that, like the end result of of Shredder throwing Splinter. Basically down the drain. Yeah. Flushed him. Flushed him. And the turtles being there to witness it. Of course, Leo's knocked out. And Raphael literally about to rip the freaking grate, you know, the the gate uh, out and just he can't he can't take it. And then when he turns, he turns to Michelangelo and Mikey just hugs him. He's like, it's okay. That was huge Mm -hmm. for me in the sense of the show is about family. It's focused more on family than any other iteration of, of animated series. And it, it tugged on the heartstrings. It, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna feel, I'm gonna feel more stuff, you know, (laughs) And so it's like I I I love the the Raphael Michelangelo you know dynamic because equally parts he Raph is always smacking Mikey around and giving him a hard time but you know deep down it's just like we're family like this is going to be okay we're going to get through this yeah yeah so and, that and, a, and 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 like he, he even he even comforted him comforted him by by saying. Like Splinter is a ninja master. He can handle this. Yeah. You know, we didn't see him die. This will be fine. Like, we got to (laughs) go. Yeah. Leo is hurt. We got to go. And just like all the other versions of, oh, there's a hurt turtle. We got to get out of town. Where do they head? Northampton. Northampton. Uh, April's like, I got a place up north. Nobody's nobody's been there forever. Like I know we all going. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I I remember watching this and just lighting up like a Christmas tree because like Northampton is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, arc in yeah. all of Turtledom. Yeah. And this was the second season finale, and they're mirroring a story from the original comic that i love so much so like i was I, I was on cloud nine yeah even though of course splinter is missing and leonardo's knocked out but you know i was as happy as i could be right um what what the thing is is we we've talked about this episode for a while we haven't really talked much about the krang even though they're the you know the basically the the main villain here and they have they're successfully taking over New York. Man, that's like it's it's like you don't get to see the bad guys win that often. And this is like a huge deal because they're like they're leaving the city behind. But I mean, they literally have to. So instead of it being well, no, it's equal part shredder, part crying. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a it's a really, you know, big deal. It's like, hey, we're leaving, but we have to. We're going to take a breather, but what are we going to come back to? You know, how crazy is it? I'm sure it's going to be crazy. But um, 
Yeah. 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 That, there was a there was a Carlos Chang O'Brien Gambe. Uh, <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> appearance. I, I do love that guy. Yeah. Uh, and overextended, long, absurd name. I'm like, give me all the absurd names, please. <laughs> it should be noted that Kirby O'Neill was was uh, mutated again. Again. Yeah. Which I I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't agree with that. They shouldn't have done that. But I guess you can't have Kirby going with them to Northampton. You could. That would have been different. I'd yeah, like to. I'd like him to have a little bit of a backbone. Yeah. Well, he's been through a lot, Jeff. Well, he. Well, this is true. He got turned into a bat. He was only unmutated for like what eight episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So so like. I. Even the characters were like again. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. That's that's just me. That's me. Uh, you got anything else for this this entire finale here? Oh, uh, we find out uh, what happens to Splinter. Um, you know, Karai ends up saving him. Right, right, because she is now an aquatic being. Yeah. Um. Well. Oh, we forgot to talk about the uh, the turtle mech, which takes on uh, Mecha Krang. Yeah, yeah. That's because I don't care. I do. I love robots. At giant all. Robots. I love giant robots. That was a great. That was a great scene. It was like three minutes. It was, but it was fun. It was like three minutes. They immediately get defeated and have to flee their their husk or the the carcass of their their mech. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> but you know that's that's kind of the opinion I've had on a, a lot of their. Uh, they're kind of pointless gadgets or pointless vehicles. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, the thing is, is I know you. I know you, Jeff. I knew you were going to like the the mech. Of course. I was like, that. That's Jeff's going to like that. Yeah. Yeah, called it. Just grew up with giant robots and still doing it. You know, <laughs> still watching giant robot shows. Yep. Uh, I think it should be noted that Krang Prime was giant in this episode a lot like the original krang was in the first season of the original show yeah so there's that didn't look as cool as the (laughs) original one no but like this version of like the krang as a species as a race like their uh art design has a real war the worlds feel to it yeah and i dig it a lot oh yeah Oh, yeah. Very terrifying looking. Yeah, yeah. Very, very old school science fiction. And again, that's where Ciro plays to his strengths, man. I mean, you pull from anything that inspires you. And that's, you know, the look, the style, the aesthetic. Um, And, you know, we've talked about this before in the Mirage books, having horror with turtles stories. It just works. Yeah, yeah, it, it 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 does work. It does work. Um, so, oh, uh, that's anything else before we wrap this up, Jeff? Um, let's see. I think that's about it. Oh, oh well, I forget which episode, but at one point, Casey's watching the uh, Super Robo Mecha Force Five. 
anime and he's like where are the where are the subtitles i hate dubbed anime which i thought was funny because there's a you know there's a, a constant battle between anime fans about which is better subbed or dubbed i'm like just watch what you enjoy nerd yep <laughs> uh yeah i i noticed that too and i was like oh man it's yeah. not that important it's not that important. just watch just watch the just enjoy it man yeah um so i'm gonna give the the, the dealer's choice here okay okay we're, we're done with this this episode i'm, I'm glad we, we we talked about nickelodeon but we have to talk about something next time around here are your choices, Jeff. Okay. Do you want to talk about the Batman TMNT crossover comic book series? Do you want to talk about the IDW comic book? Again, just the, you know, the regular run. Or do you want to hit up the Japanese OVA? Ooh. Find out next time, folks what i've chosen uh, no 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 you, you have to make the us, choice now you could write in and we, see we, which we, one i pick um i'm gonna pick the japanese ova because it is the shortest <laughs> okay and okay and i'm going to bring pizza and we're going to watch it on your television somehow hey i i can make that happen i can make that happen yeah you still had those episodes i gave you right of course okay good uh, yeah, so so tune in next time. Uh, we're going to talk about the Japanese OVA, which I have never seen. I've seen bits and pieces. It's uh, really freaking weird. <laughs> Speaking of dubbed or subbed, do you remember if it's dubbed or subbed? It is sub only. Oh, man. Yep. It's Well, I watch everything with subtitles, so it's not yeah. going to be that hard for me. Not a stretch. Uh, okay, that's that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, Jeff, you say that now. <laughs> Where can we find you? As always, Sergio, uh, you can find us at the Warp Zone Arcade, now fully reopened. Uh, we do now. We're doing weekly Smash Brothers tournaments on Saturdays uh, with a fantastic local group, uh, MS Smash. Um, they'll be hosting our uh, weekly events, um, birthday parties. Uh, we've also got tons of n- new fantastic games for people to check out, uh, classic games, uh, all kinds of good stuff that, you um, you probably won't be able to find or play anywhere else, uh, in the area. Um, so please come check us out. Um, I were, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing everybody again. And where can we find you, Sergio? Um, when I'm not hanging out at the Warp Zone playing video games. Hey. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Reality Breached. Uh, the, the, the Marvel floodgates have opened uh, with Black Widow being released and Loki coming to an end uh, this week. We, we have two episodes lined up that are going to cover both of those things. So if you are an MCU person or a Marvel person or you just want to hear me talk about dumb nerd stuff – Hey, Reality Breached is here for you. Now that, that just like Shellhead's can be found on any podcast uh, application uh, that includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Uh, but basically anywhere you find your podcast, you'll find us, and you'll find Reality Breached. Jeff, that does it for episode 68. 68. Of Shellheads. Yeah, uh, it's I time to get to you. that sexy number. <laughs> That's why we're talking about Japanese stuff next time. Uh, until next time, I'm Sergio. I am the crank. And we're shellheads. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.